your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. But I don't think we should. How you feeling? You feeling spooky, stoop, stoop? But it's like stupendous. Yeah. But uh, it's a good answer. Off my words a little bit. Yeah, we got a little. uh No, we didn't. We got a little tasty. No, we didn't. You know I like to talk shop. You don't want to. I just uh, for a second forgot that I wouldn't be using my name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just... It's not public knowledge, man. No one draws lines here. Completely anonymous and completely alleged. We ha- uh, we partake in a little snoo snoo today, and it was um, it was some tasty sniz, you know. And by we, I mean, I'm here with crying Hawaiian. Second up. Episode 64, lots of pasta. Your first one was 52, and it was fucking awesome. It was hilarious. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm editing those right now. Right on. So we're really getting there. We're really moving. <coughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, my throat is scratchy. And it just, it always, <coughs> it gets that way, man. Maybe it's the cigarettes I smoke. <laughs> Maybe it is... The devil's lettuce. Funny cigarettes. That Tony macaroni. So we um, we're here to do something kind of crazy, and and it just it just struck me, as I was sitting here just randomly going through stories, that I don't even think I've even like talked about aliens on other episodes. Re- yeah, you know, maybe like movies. That's about it, though. Like. Dogscape, maybe. Oh, that's we like more theori- like parallel universe. We theoretically talked about aliens and dogscape, but I was mainly just talking about the flood. Oh yeah, and yeah. like dead space and shit. So like, there's another one earlier on in like episode nine where it's like a story about prey mantis aliens that like abduct a kid or something. We oh. read that one, but like n- we never talked or had an episode. About aliens. And I fucking love aliens, man. Yeah, they're among us. Well, maybe not among us, but they're, you know, somewhere. I I have, in the recent past, gotten stoned and talked about aliens uh-huh. for probably 15, 20 minutes with, with different people. Yeah. And, and I came... I, I forget who I got this theory from. It's probably from, like, a comedian... Um, it might be from last podcast on the left, honestly. The theory is that we haven't met aliens yet because a race like that hyper-intelligent and so highly evolved compared to us because of like how the human species developed and how long it fucking took, mm-hmm. that there's some other race and... They look at our planet and they go, shit, they eat things. Yeah. They destroy things and then eat their fucking skin. What the fuck are these things? <laughs> like, I mean, they, may not, they might not even communicate. 
literally. Like it could like, be all tell. They could they could communicate in a hive mind of thought. You know. Yeah, but <laughs> I I guess they'd have to. Yeah. Like a tall gray probably just thinks like, "Fuck humanity's fucked," and then they just fly away. Like that's. I think the only like theoretical species of alien that has ever or would ever come to Earth are the tall Nord, like the Nordics. Because like they, those, uh... The white, albino, like, long hair hippie-looking aliens. My thing about aliens is, like... Alright, the way that our planet, in its development, decided the need for, like, a UN sort of organization... Okay. Aliens might have already reached that point. Maybe the ones that, you know, are doing any traveling... Or, you do, know, they, you they, they might be a few, they might have their own little government set up. And, like, just, like, how they're, with some indigenous tribes, there's, like, okay. you know, civilians and businesses and people and, you know, corporations yeah. and shit. They can't yeah. just go there. Yeah. They can't just, like, hey, I'm going to be here right now. They have, no. like, even research, yeah. you know, companies have to, like, there's some sort of legislation they have to go through. Whether and the be, world, and the world is a very big place. And, right, and but compared to the vast, infinite greatness of space, it's very small. So, oh, especially I'm since even, we have I'm even left. saying, like, existent on this planet. I'm saying oh, yeah. even as small as our planet, oh. there has to be some kind of system. You know, there has to be yeah, a they kind probably, of hierarchy. They probably can't communicate with us, like, red tape and shit. You know, there. I, I have to ask, like, terminology-wise, do you... Do you know, do you categorize aliens by species or anything? Or do you know any popular ones? Because you know, I know for a fact, I joke, stuff, yeah. I joke about reptilians all the fucking yeah. time. I yeah. think they're hilarious. But I, I didn't realize that I, I have mentioned them in tons of episodes as like a joke. Uh-huh. But never explaining it. And like the reptilians is the race that came to the planet maybe first, maybe started here. maybe right, the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't even know. But like... They have been here since the dinosaur times. They live in a soft undershell of the planet. Uh-huh. And they have such vast technology that they could come to the surface and imitate human behavior. And they wear, like, skin suits. Right, yeah, so yeah. Those, so, like, you YouTube reptilian conspiracy, and I guarantee you there's oh, someone... Yeah. There's a whole There's someone there. talking for five minutes about Barack Obama. Yeah. And his, like... And his certain moles that seem to change, or uh-huh. like a line under his chin, and how they think it's the reptilian skin shale. You know, it's it's ridiculous. My it's, thing, but it's like hilarious. The common depictions of aliens too. You know, like the Greys and the uh, yep. Anunnaki and whatever, and you know the, the, the reptilians. They all come from like such a human frame of mind is what I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying oh, to get Oh, absolutely. Like, That's why I like Stephen King's aliens the most, because they don't make fucking sense. Right. Like, uh, you, it's a completely you ever, get, different, through, you ever a, get through Under the Dome and see the aliens, like you no. imagine the aliens, they're supposed to be, they call them leatherheads, uh-huh. and they're literally just supposed to be like floating triangles that look like they're made out of like leather, and they uh-huh. vibrate. And that sounds so fucking terrifying to yeah. me. Like... <laughs> It's just a floating fucking diamond yeah. triangle of, like, leathery flesh Oof. that just floats. <laughs> you know? Shit! Yeah, that's, that's skin like... crawl, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. But that's what should come from a completely different, like... 
evolutionary line. Like they could just fucking loot. In a basic term, how different shit in the ocean just looks from shit that grows on land. I love from that the plants shit. down to like the actual you know fucking fauna and shit. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's completely different, because it's a completely different environment, a completely it is a different, different, like, It's a completely f- different fucking planet down there, man. Yeah, so it's like... It's like, uh, you know, sci-fi, if there was a planet full of water, you know, there would be, like, there would be fucking, like, mer people and shit, you know, or yeah. there would be, like, talking fish people, and, or like... Or just a gang of fucking jellyfish, like, a, <laughs> that, like, decided, hey, we're hyper, just gonna intertwine. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking nuts. Yeah. I fucking love aliens, man. And and I love alien movies, and I love alien fiction. Like, X-Files is fucking great. Yeah. Um, Science is, like, one of my favorite alien movies. Um, I mean, Alien is a fucking classic. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The Thing. Like, mm-hmm. so many good fucking alien movies. And we're here on this episode. We're going to read some fucking alien stories. Yeah. Because why the fuck not? We haven't done it, and I'm surprised we've come 64 episodes, and we've talked about fucking ghosts and pedophiles for, like, 50 episodes, and we never got around to fucking aliens? <laughs> like, what? Um, yeah. It's your turn to be in the spotlight, aliens. Yeah, I mean, they fucking deserve it. Is there anything else you want to theorize or, like, talk about? Like... Do you believe in, in Roswell? Or, like, Area 51? I don't know what to believe about, like, because when it comes to, like, the actual government, I don't know, I flop, I, like many people, flop between two feelings sometimes. Like, either A, they're incompetent and they bumble shit up really easily, you know, they fucking Bay of Pigs shit. Yeah, like, there's one side of the government that's just, it makes us look so fucking stupid. But on the other side, like... Then sometimes I think, like, I don't know, just theorize and I entertain the idea, like, they hide a whole bunch of shit in plain sight, and... I'd like to think if there's, like, a snow den for the NSA... Yeah. Then we're gonna get, we're gonna get someone who's just gonna come out of the woodwork eventually and be like, hey, Area 51 totally fucking exists, <laughs> like, and then just well, go, yeah, go, full exists, in, but I mean, like, go full into detail about the shit that goes on there. I just, I don't I, think that guy would make it, like, exactly, that's just the point. Be, yeah. I think, I think we've, it took us so fucking long for, for someone to leak from the NSA, so it's like, shit, like, you know, how much longer until someone really fucking slips up about, not even, not even aliens when I talk about Area 51, but I talk about, like, Got like fucked up government testing, like yeah, like District Nine level absurdity bullshit on like weaponry and fucking mecha suits and bullshit like that. that well, I think there is already like an American mecha suit in progress. Isn't it gonna fight like a Japanese? But mecha I'm suit? saying like prototypes going back to like the fucking eighties or something. Oh Christ! Right? Like shit we never knew about. Yeah. Shit we never thought about. Um, shit that sci-fi derived from. You know. Someone somewhere thought that and said, hmm. And they took it, you know, seriously. What else? Uh, prototype flying? Uh, like, units of flying? Oh, like, definitely. Uh, uh, like, stealth fighters that could, like, turn invisible and shit. Like, uh, they always talk about, like, ships made of pure light that move at the sound of light and shit. You know, crazy jetpacks and... 
you know, hoverboards and shit. Like, oh, for sure. Like, this technology has definitely been around longer than we've expected because only recently did, like, magnetic hover shit come out. Like, what? Oh, there, that shit exists. You could put you could put those fucking like vibrating magnets on the bottom of your car and it can just like coast on a strip, but the thing is like it needs that oh like a train it needs track. that base yeah. yeah and uh and it can't we would have to redo the entire country in this kind of metal yeah. base to make that hover technology exist like worldwide but part of my mind was just like how long have we had this fucking technology and just not done anything commercially with it and i tend to think like military and like secret testing and shit so i definitely believe in area 51 i think roswell is just a big fucking like movie bullshit like just made up complete, yeah. complete fiction absolutely to, you know. absolutely because like you said, I don't think aliens are stupid enough. You know, I, I don't think the human mind would be able to actually comprehend our first contact with aliens. And it yeah. definitely wouldn't be because we downed one of their ships or they were stupid fucking enough to crash here. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. You can't fly in space and be worried about cra crashing into a fucking planet. Right. You literally, you just can't. You can't be that smart. And the human mind can't comprehend that shit. And it'd be like... I'm like our our methods of surveillance are all, you know, even for our you know they wouldn't even be on our radar exactly. They'd be surveilling us. It would have to be, and and why the fucking why the fucking like in the middle of nowhere desert? You know yeah. why would an alien be flying there? Doesn't make sense. Their surveillance doesn't match. What the fuck exactly. were they doing? Like. Like, our, yeah, our surveillance wouldn't be able to keep up with their technology, but what the fuck were they looking at? You know? Like, that's why it, nothing it, about Roswell made sense. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a trigger, like... It'd be like someone going to, to visit, like, or just a regular person going to visit Amazonian rainforest where it's known that, like, yeah, these people have never seen even, like, a Snickers wrapper floating <laughs> downstream from the river or something like that. They'd never come into contact with the outside world, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. one, probably don't have nothing for you, two, uh, you see these people attack each other, like, all the time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're very suspicious people, and why would you, what's even here to look at, you don't need to physically be here to, you know, absolutely, do absolutely. surveillance on humans if you're a species capable of traveling fucking light years, and surveying humans from just complete distance a complete a light year fucking distance if you could travel through space almost instantaneously even if it took them a little while like that wouldn't even that time probably doesn't exist for them they are probably some kind of highly evolved undying fucking species um Regardless, aliens yeah. are fucking cool, and I could talk about yeah. them forever, but we can't talk about them forever because people expect us to read a couple stories. So we could talk about them in between stories, and we could talk about the theories presented in the stories, and then we can div divulge whether or not they are, in fact, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, because they, these, are, these stories are from all different sources. Yeah. There are a couple from Creepypasta, there are a couple from... Reddit No Sleep, and I know the first one I'm reading is from uh, Unsettling Stories. So there are chances are that some of these can be really fucking cool to read, you know?
Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first because this one sounds fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. This one's called The Thing That Stalks the Fields. And immediately in my mind, it makes me think of like probably the most terrifying uh, story to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, which I believe it's just like thing or it or something like it's uh the thing or it's like a thing that like just fucking stares at people from a cornfield and the the drawings in those books were so fucking creepy and terrifying (laughs) the thing that stalks the fields oh no this isn't from unsettling stories this is from uh a tumblr oh but still it's from the other side it was a few weeks ago that the hay bales started creeping slowly away from the house. Every morning when I woke up, each had moved a few hundred feet from where it was before. I assumed it was pranksters, with nothing better to do, and so I ignored it. Within a few days, though, the bales began to approach the boundaries of the farm. I was tired of the whole game by then and decided to move them back. It took a tedious hour to bring them all from where they were to over near the house again, and by the time I was done, I was ready to snap the neck of whatever little pissant was deciding to screw with me. The next morning, I found each and every one of my horses messily decapitated. The smell was what woke me up. Each one was slumped over against the side of its stall. There were no signs of the heads. I spent the rest of the day cleaning up the mess and burying the remains. It was only when I was done that I noticed the bales of hay had all returned to their positions from the day before, scattered far out in the fields. This time, I left them where they were. That night, I sat on my porch with a shotgun in my hand and a pot of coffee on the table beside me. I sat for hours, straining my eyes into the fields to catch a glimpse of who was moving my hay bales. Finally, I was beginning to nod off. I would have, but just as my eyes began to close, I heard a clamor and rustling of trees from the nearby woods. I leaned forward my heart racing with excitement. I was going to catch the bastard. I fumbled with my gun and fidgeted in my seat, waiting anxiously for whoever it was to get close enough to ambush. It was only when the thing got close enough for me to make out its silhouette in the dark that I I was frozen still. The thing that crept into my fields from nearby woods didn't seem to notice me sitting there. It stalked, hunched, deliberate, through the field with the posture of a tiptoeing thief, if not for the fact that it must have towered to over ten feet tall even in its crouched position, it might have seemed almost frail. The thinness of its arms and legs and the emaciated, caved-in qualities of its chest reminded me of a starving animal. Still, this thing was undeniably strong, and I watched it hoist each bale up into its arms with ease and set it down carefully a while away, taking only a few strides to cover the distance. I watched it work, moving each bale thoughtfully. Every once in a while, it would straighten up to look around at the other bale's positions in the field before adjusting the one it was working on ever so slightly. Before it left, it looked towards the house. I felt its eyes sweep over me in the dark, but whether it saw me or not, I couldn't tell. Then, it turned silently and crept back the way it came, disappearing into the dark of the woods. It took me an hour before I had the courage to move at all. I went inside after a while, but didn't sleep that night. It was only when the sun rose that I dared step off my porch into the fields. The hay bales were where it left them. Strangely, it didn't move them as far as it had. In the previous days, they were approaching something invisible in the fields. And as I looked at them, I realized that they seemed to be marking some line. 
Indeed, as I walked around the house, I saw the distinct circle they formed with me at the center. At first, I thought the bays were just being haphazardly moved away from the house, but now I could see that they were instead being moved towards some boundary. The thing was sending me a message. I slept uneasily that night, and only because I was exhausted. The next morning, the bales hadn't moved at all. They didn't move at all for the rest of the week, in fact. They were finally where the thing wanted them. I made myself sick trying to interpret them. Why would this thing expend so much energy moving my hay bales and threaten me with such violence should I try to interfere? Killing my horses was just that, a threat, an intelligent threat at that. It knew what would scare me and it knew what I and it knew that I would understand the implications. The sound of an automobile working its way along the road to my farm one morning gave me a little rush of excitement. I'd been planning to abandon the farm since I saw the thing. Fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> the thing yeah. sounded terrifying. Yeah. But I couldn't hope to leave on foot without risking, without risking it treating me like it treated my horses. But if I could get it in the car with whoever was coming my way, I might be able to escape before it could stop me. I didn't know or care who it was. I decided that the moment they stopped the car, I would jump in the passenger seat and tell them to get the hell out of there. I didn't get the chance. The car worked its way slowly along the road, trundling across the uneven ground. I urged it silently to hurry. It was when it passed between the two bales placed on the other side of the road that I began to hear a booming clatter from the woods. The thing burst suddenly from between the trees, sprinting on all fours of its terrible gangly limbs toward the car. Within a few seconds, it was there, pouncing on the automobile like a predatory cat. Within moments, it was picking and peeling the vehicle's steel frame apart, working to get at the driver. The man, whoever he was, screamed all the while. I could hear him, even over the crunching of metal and the shattered glass. It was only when the thing crushed him carelessly in its hand that the screaming stopped. It tossed him away and straightened up to look at me once again. In the sunlight, I could see the inhumanity of it. It was composed entirely of something awful and alive, which was lashed together in a messy semblance of a human form. Whatever it was made of looked so polished and hard that if it weren't for the minute writhing of the stuff, I'd think it was made of granite. The thing retreated back into the woods, and I was left to my shock. My eyes wandered to where the car sat, the engine still sputtering between two of the hay bales. Suddenly I understood. The message was clear. I am this thing's captive, and I'm not allowed visitors. Nothing may cross the borders, it is said. I'm trapped here by the thing that stalks the fields, and it demands nothing except that I never leave. Still, I don't know if, it can, if I can handle being that thing's canary. I've been thinking hard for the last few days since I saw it crush that man's chest and silence him before he could finish his scream. If I crossed the hay bale border, it'd probably do the same. It'd smash my skull before I could put my hands up to protect myself. It'd go and find a new pet and probably keep looking until it found someone who could stand knowing that it was waiting just outside, watching it at all hours with its shiny insect eyes. I've been thinking for the last... I've been thinking hard for the last few days, and I might just make a run for it. Fuck yeah. Oof. Life ain't worth living if you're in a cage, folks. I mean, how would you even eat? Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Maybe he ate his horses. Aww. Can't let it go to waste, right? That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. Farmers only die. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Does that sound good? Yeah. You think Dude, aliens at a cemetery. The, there's something <laughs> alien at the cemetery in Norwalk, Connecticut. Connecticut. Aliens at a cemetery. That's just like, dude. Peanut butter on peanut butter? Too much peanut butter? Is there what, such a I thing think as it's too just, much peanut butter? I think it's just creepier than a person. Okay. Like, much creepier. It's like... It does amplify things. You chose to go there, of all the places to land, do you know what that is, dude? Like, Maybe he's uh, doing something with the cadavers. Exactly. Isn't that something? He's like, making, yeah, we're just going to take something you won't notice. Or you're scavenging the pieces. Isn't that something? Yeah. I don't think they would want anything to do with our dead bodies. They care too much about... Unless it was, like, curiosity. They care, they care too much about our reaction to the things they do to our bodies. <laughs> like, like dissecting yeah. us while we're alive and, like, putting us back together and shit. Like, X-Files shit, you know? Oh, but their technology, they probably don't need it. Like, that's so barbaric when you think about it, to look at the parts running. Is it? You don't want to look at the engine while it's running? And just, I mean, you know, couldn't you just re-simulate it with your... Advanced medical technology. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure they would. I'm sure uh, they would. I think it seems kind of barbarian for them to like physically conduct any medical process then, on a person. Then that's why alive. not? Then why not think of it as a human uh, staring at ants under a magnifying glass, and maybe burn a couple. That's <laughs> the naivete in me. I just hope Is the that aliens aren't that? that cruel. I think they uh, wouldn't. They be. They don't. They probably don't have emotion, right? It's all just logic. Yeah, means to maybe. Yeah, oh yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> anyway. If you had something I mean, to that's say, just my you... problem with, like, alien probes. Like, they don't need to put anything in you. You sure? Why would they? We're the perfect cattle. Yeah, but I mean, they could just get a dead one that they, like, we would have noticed, most likely, going missing. That's true. Be like, alright, you know, let's just... Let's just use this. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we do that. No, we do do that. Absolutely. You said do-do. Do do. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. There's something alien at the cemetery in Norwalk, Connecticut. Connecticut too, right? Yeah, I don't know what. What, what does anyone know about Connecticut? You know. It's probably cold. It's probably cold. Yeah, you need a nice windbreaker, good jacket. You know. All, all time of year. Maybe not the whole time, but. I think that's kind of the place you're like, you decide, yeah, this is going to be my winter sweater. You know, mm-hmm, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. establish that. Probably got to establish that in like August, you know. I'm like, fuck. This sweater's dope. This is going to be my favorite sweater this year. Anyway, the story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this one is from Unsettling Stories. Which I is... just thought that said U.S. Like, uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, s- United States. But, no, yeah, no, 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 that's a, that's a tag. Yeah, and so, so there's something sense. alien at the cemetery in Norwalk, Connecticut, from unsettling stories. They they do a lot of good body horror, so maybe we'll go there. Oh, nice. I bought a house across the street over the summer, and uh, now that the leaves have started to fall, I have a clear view of the graveyard from my living room window. A week and a half ago, I saw something tall and white moving across the headstones. Something that glowed with a dim light even when it was pitch black out oh god that's, that's terrible it's Jack Skellington I told Denise who said and I quote that's pretty fucking cool we started staying up late to see if it would come back on Thursday night it did through the binoculars I could see it was shaped more or less like an upside down tree it didn't have feet or rather 
hundreds of small tendrils that shuffled and shuffled it through the rows of headstones. Its body was erect and unremarkable. Save for an opening at the top where different longer tendrils hung. Interesting. Yeah. See, that's what an alien should fucking look like. Yeah, like some Lovecraftian shit. Yeah. It moved silently and ceaselessly for almost 20 minutes before disappearing into thin air. When I got into work on Friday, I told a couple guys about it. They said that I was full of shit, so I invited them over to see it for themselves. You're so full of shit. Yeah, well, come over, Dan. Come see this shit. <laughs> it's beyond fucking explanation, Dan. So Dan was the only one who took me up on my offer, obviously. I told him to come over for dinner. We could eat and wait for the whole thing to show up. Around 1 a.m. Saturday morning, he came back. Dan was speechless. He took out his phone and started recording it. I told him he was basic <laughs> and that there was no point and hadn't shown up on anything Denise had tried to record it with. But he insisted on trying it anyway. We were out on the front porch, so this thing was about 100 feet away. Maybe more. Dan was having much luck getting it in focus, so he crossed the street and stood on the edge of the cemetery. Dude, just like any, like, wild animal, like, don't. Yeah. I My old roommate once chased a mother bear and two c cubs from our, like, front porch down the street into a fucking forest. Did he dead? And no, and all I kept saying was, you're gonna get yourself fucking killed. And he laughed as he went back, as I went back inside and he ran out after the bears. Did he have fire with him? No, he, he just, he always stood back maybe 20 feet. And I was like, that thing can outrun you and it'll fucking destroy you. To protect its fucking cubs, dude. <laughs> My roommate was in that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, like any wild animal, stay the fuck away from that shit. Yeah, seriously. It's the PSA, kids. If you see some weird shit, don't be damned. Don't be a damn. I would have gone near it, Dan, Denise advised. Part of me agreed with her, but another part of me wanted to join him and get a better look. Some fucking followers. <laughs> it's cool, Dan replied over his shoulder. He kept walking in its direction. I stayed on the porch with Denise and watched Dan get closer. Can you hear that? It sounds like... It sounds like it's singing or something. Neither of us could hear what Dan had heard. But I was growing increasingly uneasy about his cavalier attitude in the face of something completely unknown. Before any of us could react, the tendrils from the top of the creature shot across the cemetery and whipped Dan right in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah, man. He stumbled and fell on his back. Denise gasped and I started running towards my friend. The thing evaporated. I reached Dan, who had already gotten up. He looked no worse for wear, considering he got bitch slapped interdimensionally. <laughs> so long, bitch! <laughs> From like 30 feet away. As he headed back to the house, Dan began to limp. He started to complain about a weird feeling in his feet. I held him across the street and back into the house. He immediately took off his shoes and he started to rub at his heels, arches, and toes. It was obvious he was in pain. Without warning, with a series of sickening wet cracks, Dan's feet split in half. Told he and Denise horror. screamed. Body horror. They split again and again. Denise fumbled with her phone to call 911, and I could just watch, horrified, as Dan's feet continued to bifurcate. <laughs> as Dan's feet continued to bifurcate, until there was uh, nothing left but bleeding tendrils that jerked and twitched, flinging blood across the living room. 
Dan passed out as further bifurcations turned his feet into noodly, no, noodle thin, then hair thin filaments. That's the sound they make. I heard an ambulance approaching. We live only a quarter mile away from the hospital. The filaments nodded and unnodded as the EMTs entered the house. They gazed wide-eyed at Dan's injuries. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. What's up with his noodly toes? <laughs> He's got some dancer's toes, he does. We got a noodly toe situation. <laughs> 24th and Clarence. As they loaded him onto the gurney, and get wow, fucking brave. I would have called, you know, CDC immediately. What does that him on fire? Yeah. It's like, some, it's like something out of the thing, man. Absolutely. Killer. It always sucked to have to, like, you know, explain that. It's a lot of paperwork. Anyway, <laughs> as they loaded him onto the gurney and began exiting the house, two cracks, like gunshots, rang out, making everyone jump. Oof. His shins, knees, and femurs had split. Blood poured down the sides of the gurney and cascaded on our front steps. Denise and I heard more cracks after the ambulance doors had closed. Then, with sirens blazing, they were gone. Dan died not long after. I attended this funeral this morning. There's no explanation for what happened to him, and the news report on his death simply called it an accident. I want to come forward and tell the police what's going on in the cemetery. But the thing hasn't shown up at all since that night. If anyone else is in Norwalk and can claim they'd seen something like what I described, please do. I don't want anyone else to get hurt. Dan didn't deserve what happened to him. But it looked cool. I don't know, with all that blood, like, I don't think he was turning green yet, you know? Or turning green. True. I don't know if that thing was turning it into one of them, but it kind of seemed like it was, you know? It definitely did. It definitely seemed like it did. And both of those dudes were, like, inexplicably drawn toward it. Yeah. Maybe that's, like, how it... Multiplies. Yeah. Yes. Denise wasn't affected. Maybe it only, like, you know... Maybe it can only seduce dudes. The, the male populace. Yeah. Like the universe's shittiest succubus or siren. I marked it as alien, so don't be upset with me if it has nothing to do with aliens, but I think it does. It should. It's called Gods in the Mountains. Well, we which, can guarantee that. Which I would like to think, yes, that is probably how I would describe aliens if I lived in, like, fucking Peru in the fucking 52 million BC or some shit. Yeah. You know? Gods of the mountains or some shit. That's some that's some Lovecraft bullshit. Some Aztec, Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull bullshit right there. Gods in the mountains. I've been chasing ghost stories since I was a kid. I like to examine them from a historical angle rather than simply speculate, researching the history of the haunting and the history of the site of, or the person family and then trying to unravel the story behind the haunting. It sounds like ghosts. I hope it's not about ghosts. I apologize if this story is about ghosts. (laughs) Sometimes this reveals a hoax. In fact, I have more hoax stories than I do genuine ghost stories. Sometimes it reveals a hidden truth lurking in the bones and roots of a property, or in the heart of the person who seems most affected by the haunting, or by the aliens. I'll show a bunch of my experiences and my stories here, but not this time. This time I wanted to tell you about the most amazing 
most amazing of my stories, and it has nothing to do with ghosts. What a twist! What a twist. This is the story of my first encounter with extraterrestrial life, and the event that convinced me beyond a shadow of a doubt that alien life not only exists, but is visiting this planet of ours, and I have no idea why. I just, I just know that it is. I want to believe. Alright. I don't know how many seconds you can get away with that, but... So less than 30. I was 26 and traveling in fucking Peru. Oof. Staying with a Peruvian family and teaching locals English. This is... This fucking happened, man. I just said Peru. I'm on another level right now, folks. And I'm... Mask aligns all up in this. I'm also... (laughs) I'm also talking, like stoned level. I was staying with a cool guy called Naz, who was actually the son of a family whose home I was living in. Naz was and still is a keen mountaineer and liked nothing better than to head out in his rusty pickup, drive into the mountains, and spend a few days climbing, trekking, and generally exploring. I've never climbed, but Naz's love for the sport was infectious, and as I loved to camp and to travel and explore, I agreed one day to go with him. We went on a number of trips, Naz and I, and it was great fun. The events of this story occurred as we were approaching an area, which Naz told me about before we set off, is surrounded by lots of superstition and ghost stories. Naturally, given my love for such things, I was really keen to go there. Naz told me that the locals believe one of the mountains contains the ruins of an ancient ziggurat of the kind that can be found all over Peru. They claimed this vast pyramid was home to a race of ancient gods who even today came and went in their chariots of the sky, flying into secret doors in the side of the mountain in gleaming silver ships. Oh, dude. I was less interested in these stories than in those surrounding the El Chupacabra, a name I'm sure you've heard before, and a creature who really requires no introduction. Is this- is he just changing again? Is he changing stories again? He believes it all. The Chupacabra was supposed to be highly active in the area we were heading to, and had been sighted both at night and by day. It was blamed for numerous livestock deaths in the mountains, and Naz told me locals were absolutely terrified of it. I'd always thought of the legends of the Chupacabra as a fascinating but probably fictional story, paranormal in origin and therefore of great interest to me. But the people of this place where we were heading were living in genuine fear of the thing, and that made me sit up and take notice. I was excited on the day of the trip, but didn't honestly expect to see anything. Nas told me that he had camped in the area before and seen inexplicable lights in the sky. And so my interest was definitely piqued, and I was hopeful I would see something. But I never imagined for a second we would see anything near as mind-blowing as we did. In fact, that this is my favorite brush with the paranormal precisely because it was not one I had deliberately, deliberately sought out or been asked to investigate. It was purely chance. And anyone could have seen what Naz and I saw that day. But it just so happened to be me. And for that, I have always been infinitely grateful. To who? I don't know. I'm just grateful. Humble. We were driving along a mountain road. The radio blasting out our favorite music and windows down. Kendrick Lamar. Just cool in it. The mountains Naz identified as being 
The fabled ziggurat under the hills was visible on the horizon. I had to admit, it did look unnaturally triangular, with terraced edges that were similar to the ziggurat ruins I had already visited in Peru, with Naos, in a capacity as a wide-eyed tourist. I would have loved to investigate more closely, and Naos promised that we would at some point during the trip there. This guy's got a real thing for Naos. Doesn't he? I imagine it's the rapper. <laughs> I was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, he's a real cool guy. Uh, we were approaching the sharp bend of the narrow road, close to. Uh, I don't know why I'm not like. You want me to take over? No, no, I, I got this. <laughs> just uh, I was reading it, like I just like stopped looking at the words. I was just like... <laughs> you got to do that to read. <laughs> you got to look at the. That's part one. <laughs> look at the just, words. Uh, reset. We were approaching a sharp bend in the narrow road, close down to the village town, which Nas had told me he was being terrorized by the El Chupacabra. The El Chupacabra. <laughs> by El Chupacabra. When Nas suddenly became excited and started pointing into the sky above the mountaintops, jabbing his finger and bouncing in his seat, he was driving, so this was, you know, somewhat disconcerting. I followed his pointing finger and saw something silvery in the sky. Quick as a flash, it took up my camera and snapped off a picture. Dude, that's lucky. I can't. It takes at least like a good 15 seconds to get your... Absolutely. You know? I'd be in awe. Yeah. Paparazzo, this guy. Anyway, it was moving at incredible speed, and I was using a shittier camera than you might get these days. No sm Oh, no smartphones back then. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I, try I managed to get a good picture. It zigzagged wildly through the ziggurat. <laughs> Zigzag ziggurat. <laughs> it zigzagged wildly through the sky above the mountain. Then suddenly zipped forward so that it became much larger. And I realized this was because it had come closer. It stopped dead. Hovering above the nearest mountaintop and uh, Nas stopped the car so we could watch and I could take more pictures. In the picture above is the UFO hovering above the clock. The closest mountain to us. Uh... This is a foreword. If people want to uh, see the images, uh, I do not have them. And, <laughs> and this is an audio log, so continue looking at pictures of your cat, or, you know, continue sitting in traffic and looking at the car in front of you, or at your desk if you're at work. Um, we don't have the pictures, and you would have to go to the Tumblr to see them, and... That's a lot of effort, so I'm not going to put that on you. So if you can, just <laughs> Google a triangle instead. Okay. <laughs> just standard. You can't see the triangle <laughs> what he was I made doing, my hands that's, either. But it was a nice isosceles. Yeah. Just Google a hand triangle too then, if you want to know what that looks like. Anyway. It was silvery. If it was silvery, like a, like chrome, and spinning rapidly in a clockwise direction relative to us, reflecting the mountain beneath its underside perfectly, as if it were a mirror. Like a celestial mm -hmm. cocaine mirror. Yeah, S man. Slowly, the orb started to descend, landing on, the, landing in a dense undergrowth and brush on the top of the mountain. At an estimate, I'd say it's a good 20 to 25 feet wide, top to bottom. Suddenly, the radio died and the engine cut out. Cut out. Nas turned the ignition and restarted the engine, but it died immediately. They don't want you starting that car. Mm -mm. You ain't uh, uh, going nowhere. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. 
Both of us felt a strange buzzing sensation. The atmosphere in the car was electrified, and whatever the surface you touched, you could feel a burr of static. Like you could feel the surface of a TV when it's been on a while. Wow, that's fucking dated. Yeah, that's da- that's that's super dated. That's yeah. it's talking about the static buzz of an old projector TV. Yeah. The bulb. Yeah. With this strange feeling came a sense of something intrusive, not altogether friendly. <laughs> it just stopped you from moving. That and like that vibration, that level of vibration, like on your balls, I can Oof. imagine. <laughs> Oof. It's a little terrifying. I'd feel very vulnerable. Yeah. So yeah, this thing is like it's touching me, but not. Uh huh. I feel I don't know where to feel violated right now. Someone hands me a doll and be like, "Where did it? Where did it hurt you?" Where did it you? hurt you? And I just vibrate it really fast with my hand, just shake it really quick. Now I started to panic. You know, he's a pretty smart guy, and I and restarted the engine, but it died again. Not that smart. I tried to get him to calm down, but he wouldn't, and was now pumping the accelerator while turning the ignition. I was afraid he'd flood the engine and would be stranded. The engine roared and Nas floored it before the starter motor could fail again. We were back on the road. My eyes were back on the UFO, now nestling on the top of the mountain. Now that the strange feeling, the static, and the weird sense of being examined had passed, I realized how much of an opportunity I was wasting and got my camera again. Slow down, Nas! (laughs) I begged. But he was really spooked and wanted to get the hell out of town. Something about his nerves jangled my own, but I also wanted to get some pictures. I snapped one off, and my hand was shaking so much it came out as a blurry mess, nothing to see. Nah, I started to slow the car then. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What is it? I asked. Nas pointed through the windscreen, reducing speed drastically. It was a kind of lay-by up ahead, and a broken-down old building. The kind of thing you'd see on the, by the road from time to time and wonder what purpose it serves. But the building wasn't what caught Nas's attention, nor was it the first thing I noticed. There was something there, next to the building. A creature, pale in color. Something like a cross between a squat kangaroo and a kind of miniature down dinosaur. It was standing next to the end of the building, peering in over the windowsill. The window. I took a picture, even as Nas was slowing the car. Almost to a stop. It's a good picture. I've sharpened it in the hope of revealing a bit more detail. Suddenly, the radio came back on. We'd been blasting music, so it came on loud and started to startle us out of our skin. The creature turned its head sharply to look our way and saw us for the first time. Its eyes met mine, and I can honestly say that if I've ever been in danger of soiling myself involuntarily, this was the time I've come closest. Yeah, it was like that time we were watching Gladiator, and when the lions came out, I almost sharted. Holy shit! Holy shit! It's a line from a movie. I was hoping you would know which one it was. While we're sort of on the subject, <laughs> and on a side note, <laughs> I think like if you're a gladiator in Rome, <laughs> like that's probably the first time you've ever even encountered anything like a lion in your oh, life. Oh, absolutely! Like ever even seen one? That's before. why Seth Rogen's sharding of his pants is very accurate. Yeah, yeah, man. Nas screamed and slammed his foot on the accelerator again. We burned rubber and I fumbled to get my camera. There's another on the fucking roof, Nas exclaimed, and as we raced past the building I saw it and snapped off a picture. Both the creatures watched us with a kind of detached fascination as we roared past our music blaring. 
Smack my bitch up. <laughs> what else would they be listening to? Oh yeah, we said Kendrick. Anyway. The creature yeah, I or Nas. <laughs> or Nas. The creature I have since decided was closest in my appearance to the Chupacabra was classic in every sense. It had that kangaroo upright appearance with the face of, and head similar to that of a pony or maybe a dog, a bull terrier, but it wasn't a dog. Its hind legs were long and muscular, while its forelimbs were ridiculously short like a T-Rex. The back of its skull flared outward into a hood like a cobra, and its eyes were malevolent. Fucking reptilians, man. Mm-hmm. The thing on the roof, by comparison, matched pretty much every description I've ever heard of the, a gray alien. It had a large ovoid head with huge eyes and a tiny mouth. I saw no nose or ears, its body was spindly, and the whole thing was pale in color. As we drove away from the scene, Nas was not about to stop, I leaned back and took a parting shot of the thing on the roof. It was leaping on its hind legs and flinging its arms around. In my head, I could hear a strange kind of bleeding sound, and the buzzing static feeling surrounded my camera, but I held onto it and took that last picture. When we got to the town, Nas was in shock. His lips were white, and he was trembling so badly that the locals took him to the local tavern and gave him sour pisco, Peru's national drink, until the color started returning to his face. They knew exactly what we had seen when I described it. The gods from the mountain had blessed us with their presence. We canceled our trip into the mountains, and I don't think Nas was ever quite the same again afterwards. We took a different route home, and after that I don't remember Nas going on any other excursions, at least not into that part of Peru. For my own part, I couldn't wait to get these pictures developed and have never forgotten the experience. The pictures occupy pride and place in my photo album of the bizarre and paranormal, and a story is one I never tire of retelling. Okay, so I need to look up these pictures first off. The more I realize the point of this story is that, like, evidently someone went through some shitty Photoshop or Mm -hmm. they found crazy pictures so i'm gonna try and figure out which it is gods in the mountain the hunt is on it's not copyright because i'm singing it oh i was actually wondering about that i was like is he allowed to go over yeah i'm not i'm not seeing shit Oh, really? Did you Google triangle? <laughs> the hand triangle from before. Yeah. It's still, it's still pulled up. Morty. I can't find it, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> you found the hand triangle. <laughs> this Tumblr might not exist anymore, which oh, is kind no. of disappointing. Let me try looking. Yeah, I'm now effectively giving up. Uh, this Tumblr apparently, like, either doesn't exist anymore, or I can't find it. And I know I'm not too stoned. And that's not the reason I know how to operate a phone. Um, the point is, is, we will never know what these pictures looked like. And just like Area 51, because I can't see anything, I don't give a shit. I want to believe. I want to believe. Why aren't I wearing that shirt right now? Alright, I do have a lot more alien stories here, though, so I hope you could come back and do another alien story sometime. We could do another alien episode.
You could be my alien guy. This is bits and pieces from Unsettling Stories, and I already like it. Fingernails were the first to go. No pain accompanied the loss. The victims went to sleep one night and simply woke up without fingernails. The offense occurred in Donglu Village, located in China's Shadong Province. There are limited medical resources, so few sought treatment. The affected went about their lives. Teeth came next. In Pinellas County, Florida, between November 3rd and 16th, 19 people checked themselves into local hospitals and reported they had woken up with jaw pain, bleeding gums, and missing teeth. They were all wisdom teeth. No one could explain what had happened. On November 20th, 82 people in Lahore, Pakistan, woke up without arms and legs. On November 22nd, four people in Ottawa, Canada, were found dead in their beds. Their hearts, lungs, and rib cages were missing. There was no sign of struggle at any of these scenes. Two of the victims were found by their spouses in the morning. They claimed to have noticed nothing overnight, yet their lives were ruined, ruined by whatever judicial system they lived. Well, if it was a series, then maybe, you know, they're like, all right, we got a serial killer on our hands. It's That's true. Not on November 23rd, close to 15,000 people in South and Central America died. Autopsies revealed the entire digestive tracts had been removed. Oh, there were no cuts, incisions, or injuries that could explain the excisions. I would ask if Django Phillips were here if they found any stairs in the woods, and maybe that would explain all these things, but let's just go with aliens right now. I work aboard a meteorological, I said that word, vessel for the United States Navy. We've watched these reports trickle in over the last few weeks. Ordinarily, we wouldn't be privy to the details of the situations I described. Quite the contrary, authorities have gone through a great pain to shield the public from ongoing events. There's a thread which unifies each, each event, however. Our weather satellites have noticed an inordinate number of red sprites in the upper atmosphere. On the night of the mutilations above each affected region, the red sprite activity has been greater than anything we've seen in the past. Usually one associated with severe thunderstorms, these sprites are showing up over even in the most modest cloud cover. On November 28th, a fishing village in Sardinia, Italy, notified authorities about a red tint in the seawater. Fearing an algae bloom, tests were run. Not algae. Blood. Countless millions of gallons from innumerable species of animals. Later that night, red sprites danced above Sardinia lower than they'd ever been observed. We saw them in the distance. Our ship is in the Mediterranean. Yesterday, November 29th, three of our onboard scientists, the three working most directly with the sprite mutilation connection, died at their posts. One second they were working, the next they were face down on their desks, bleeding. Immediate autopsies were ordered. All the brain matter inside their head was gone. Late last night, I was on deck smoking a cigarette. Sprites danced and darted overhead as a storm gathered. Its intensity grew faster than our models had anticipated. Lightning and thunder crashed, but no rain fell. Lightning illuminated the sea around us, and a sailor noticed something in the distance. He called to the captain, who ordered the ship lights to be trained on the object. They were. A hulking shape, perhaps a quarter mile away, floated in the choppy sea. Behind the sounds of roaring wind and thunder, we heard it bellowing, 
The sound was low and chilling, inexplicable, alien. The water below us reddened and tubes of viscera floated to the surface. They flapped and writhed against the hull of the ship, lungs and stomachs and bladders and hearts at the end of each intestinal tube throbbed and pulsated, more bellowing, more moaning. A flash from a red sprite and a clap of thunder made everyone jump. The floating object was gone. The storm was dissipating. The blood water was diluting back to its normal shade. I haven't been able to sleep since then. All I can do is fill out my reports, write this account, and watch as tens of thousands of dead fish float to the surface. We haven't even been allowed to notify the families of our dead colleagues. Not while all this is still going on, we were told. And just a moment ago, we were alerted to a sprite activity over New York City. So do you think that mass was just all body parts that went missing? I really don't know. Something is, uh... Like I said earlier, just, you know, fucking taking that magnifying glass to us ants. Well, I feel like the people in Florida, they kind of got a good deal. I mean, <laughs> a free wisdom tooth removal. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a, that was just a really nice yeah. d- hi- hi- <laughs> dental hygienist. <laughs> he was literally just like went house to house and he was like, all right, this is everyone on the list. I got six hours to pull this shit off. Maybe they did like a poll of like, you know, where are the worst teeth? But <laughs> where it's preventable to have bad teeth. And where is no more scum of humanity and elder people than, <laughs> than Florida. So this next one, and, and unfortunately last one, is called The Legend of the Flatwoods Monster. Which also doesn't quite sound like an alien, but I feel like we're going to figure it out. Uh, this one's also from the, the now non-existent Tumblr, so good luck finding it. Yeah. I fucking hope there are a lot of pictures and you guys just are unsatisfied. Because <laughs> you know what? Truth is, we've got those fucking pictures. <laughs> no, we really I don't. saw that triangle and it was fucking sweet. It was fucking sweet, actually. <laughs> He's doing it again. <laughs> As the dog days of summer gradually gave way to the crisp chill of autumn, September 12th might just seem to be another typical day. For me, the date tickles at the back of my mind. A teasing memory. Then I recall an eerie significance attached to the date, when an event almost too bizarre to be real rocked the small town of Flatwoods in Central Virginia. September 12, 2002 marks the 50th anniversary of the reported sighting of an alien creature in the hills in Braxton County. Some dismissed it as a hoax, but those who were actually there at the time have a different perspective. The event has had a profound impact. As a result, Flatwoods could earn the nickname Home of the Green Monster. I thought that was Colorado. (laughs) That was a good laugh. (laughs) Like Waluigi. (laughs) The frightening tale would be told time and time again by those who witnessed the event and friends and neighbors who would speak of it in whispers. The story would live on, passed down through the generations, becoming part of the oral folklore. Oral folklore that is so unique. Try saying that. Yeah. (laughs) Try saying that once, not even two times fast, just oral folklore. Sounds like Muppet talk. Oral folklore. (laughs) Becoming part of the oral folklore that is so unique to our mountain culture and heritage. I was five years old and I learned about the Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster. Braxton County. I don't know where that is, but you know, just shout out to y'all out there. Apparently, West Virginia. Yeah. 
Phantom of Flatwoods or simply the Green Monster. They call me that from time to time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing shit they can't see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was an experience that burned that was burned forever into my mind. During the early 1950s, my family and I lived in Summersville. I got to go on fishing trips with my dad and other relatives. On one of these fishing trips, expeditions, expeditions late in summer, we spend most of the morning fishing up and down the Elk River, just above Sutton in Braxton County. Shout out. Tired and hungry, we retreated to the local restaurant for lunch. This restaurant was located at the Y intersection of Routes 419, about half a mile of downtown Sutton. We were seated in a booth near the window and just finished ordering the food. We were making small talk with the waitress when she looked at me and said, You better look out or that monster will get you. Why would you... Why would someone offer that kind of helpful advice to a five-year-old kid? His quote, helpful, end yeah. quote, advice. Yeah. He did the rabbit ears. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Don't be sorry for being helpful. <laughs> Her words, nonetheless, had a desired effect. And I felt the blood drain from my face in terror. I looked to my father for reassurance, or a conspiratorial wink. Ew. Or a smile <laughs> indicating that the waitress is kidding. But there was none! <laughs> and that's the end of the story. But <laughs> <laughs> there was none! <laughs> An uncomfortable silence fell over the afternoon dining crowd. And the room took on the stale air of a funeral parlor. God, this kid's fucking dramatic. In the quiet hushed tones, the conversation slowly resumed. My young ears picked up bits and pieces of dialogue laced with words such as fireball, spaceship, red eyes, and ten feet tall. My heart thumped painfully against my chest when I heard the phrase, EAT YOU ALIVE! This <laughs> is the last thing you want to hear in West Virginia. I mean, he was talking about the gators. No matter what the context, I feel like. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good point. Yeah. Apparently, the fear in my heart was communicated clearly on my face. A burly gentleman leaned around our booth and said, Don't you worry about the monster getting you, kid. You'll smell it before it gets near you enough to grab you. And the diners around us gumped gales of hearty, hearty laughter that reverberated around the room for a good two minutes. This town is fucking creepy. I like it. You know how hard it is to laugh for two minutes? That's true. That's a good room point. of people just like <laughs> just Christ. Yeah, don't let me actually laugh for two minutes on this <laughs> podcast. I would go and see. Uh, yeah, man. Try to tail it the fuck out of this place. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Recently, some people in the nearby community of Flatwoods had an unusual experience. He said, "A fireball, it seemed, had fallen from the sky. A few residents had witnessed the phenomenon and gone to investigate." Because they wanted to get turned on some shitty cinnamon whiskey. <laughs> when they got there, they discovered a hideous monstrosity with fiery red eyes. Some of the search team reportedly were overwhelmed by a highly noxious odor and ran for their lives. It sounds like a bottle of fireball fell down. <laughs> My father finished saying that he wouldn't let the monster get me. I felt a little better, but once my strong interest in bass fishing would now completely overshadowed by a nagging fear of monsters, my thoughts strayed, and I felt desperate. I felt a desperate urge to retreat across the mountain to safety and a comfort of home. That episode in the restaurant left an impression on me so intense, and still today, I am repulsed and fascinated by the green monster. 
Yeah, and you know which green monster we're talking about, folks. The one that lets a whole room of people laugh for two minutes straight. The one that has such a noxious odor that causes people to go running. <laughs> a Flatwoods strain monster. <laughs> oh man, now Shout I want out to Flatwoods. Now I want to like sell again and start calling it the Flatwoods monster. <laughs> you, know? you know, I got that Flatwoods monster. I got that Flatwoods green monster. If you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I fucking love aliens, man. Oh, yeah. This did nothing but you know solidify how much I love aliens so much. They're mind-boggling. Do you think Cthulhu's an alien? He is described as a ancient being, an ancient god. So I would think celestial in origin, but I wouldn't assume alien. I would say I would compare it more to like it, like Pennywise. As much as Pennywise is an alien, I would say, but it's more like a god. You know, it walks that line yeah, of like yeah. celestial god. As opposed to... Because it could create matter. Yeah. You know, it could bend time and space. Like, what... If an alien has that power, then I guess our human brains would comprehend them as gods. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'd probably say yes to that at the end of the day. I'd have, I'd have to read a little bit more Lovecraft and really get it back in my brain, but I'd probably end it at, yeah. Cthulhu is probably an alien. Mm -hmm. I'm scared of Cthulhu and cultists now. You're scared of Cthulhu cultists. Well, at the end of the day, just remember, it's all a fiction. Not, I mean, Life you know, is a fiction. <laughs> Alex Jones seems pretty convinced about the, you know, <laughs> the lizard people and the fish the people. The reptilians and the fish people, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's obviously like a... A very rep yeah. reputable like, believable source of information. Exactly. I mean, yeah. he found out about the water turning goddamn frogs gay. Yeah, man. So. Doing the real science. Doing the, doing the hard. Yeah. Doing the hard science that we can't do, you know? Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, is there any, is there any closing thoughts? Anything you want to say? Uh, this being your second episode? Uh, if you, uh, if you come into contact with aliens. Yeah. Ask them what video games they got. Yeah, ask them I mean, what they do for entertainment. Ask them what they jerk off to. Oh, I don't think I want to know right? all that. I do. I mean, how at a certain even, point, is it bestiality? How do, they even, how do they even feel pleasure, you know? Do they even think about pleasure? Yeah, that'd be that, interesting to know. What does that mean to them? Because um, they have to reproduce somehow. Yeah. I imagine it's probably... Like, chemically or scientifically, like a reproduction? I mean, there has to be something, like, biologically Test coming from, like, an babies. evolutionary standpoint that makes them want to reproduce. That's a good point, too. If they are everlasting and eternal and just great and, like, perfect organisms, then, yeah, I can't see them wanting to go, yeah, let's get more of me. Well, no, I don't mind, like, what, what I mean is, like, how we get that reward system, like, that dopamine rush from sex... Yeah. Do alien would aliens have something similar that like whether, you know, chemically yeah. within their brains or just somehow they, they're rewarded because I mean that's how evolution generally works. You get like the things that are rewarded and nurtured are what develops. Yes. Yeah. So they might have like a pleasure system and you know if it's stimulated by like puzzles and games and stuff, that's like a really it's kinda like a learning tool, sort of 
being such an evolved species, and who fucking knows how long it takes them to get here. Yeah. They might have some really good video games to kill all that. They might have time. some good video games. That's a good. I like that. That's the question you would ask an alien. Out of all the stuff, like to you, that their medicine cabinet. <laughs> I mean, not even just to get you know like Ooh, aliens X, but no, I mean like yeah, dude, uh-huh. we can stop a headache. At a certain point, people used to like knock their faith, their teeth out of their face with rocks. Because their face hurts so much. Imagine giving someone like that, like in eighth century France, a fucking Tylenol mm-hmm. for her, or uh, you know, Midol for God's sakes. Women just had to deal with period pain and cramps. Yeah, they just had to fucking suck it up. You just had to have diarrhea either till it stopped so or you, you died. You'd find like the cure to cancer or something. Who knows what they got? I mean, maybe they just got like, you know. Who they, they could, uh, yeah that's the that's maybe that but I'm I don't know. there's probably like a whole sort of things that just happen once in a while that we just get sick of like joint pain be gone yeah chew twice daily and your fucking bones don't hurt or you know hangover away yeah like, woke up in the morning no I don't have to like take some Tylenol and then eat McDonald's and then smoke a joint <laughs> no, I just fucking take two of these in the morning and I go to my goddamn alien stockbroker job and buy more flim flams yeah. sell flim flams they're going sell up sell your flim flams grab your schmeckles we um you know i just want to end i want to end this episode by saying always always question always believe uh never never live in doubt uh make the assumptions and make them blindly and also <laughs> and also and also wonder what aliens do to get off you know always question that yeah. always ask how do aliens get off how do they come right. like you gotta yeah, ask you, know? you gotta ask yourself these questions so i just i want to end the episode on that note i hope i hope you had a good time here crying uh, hawaiian i hope we uh i hope we did something oh we did stuff yeah man there's evidence of it <laughs> yeah, Weed you wouldn't believe, and I get more.